Manny comes up and says, thank you very much to Howard Morton for coming in from Washington, D.C. Now, enough about the rabbis bringing the lesbians. And That's a good title. <laughs> Welcome to Lunch with Shelley, the podcast featuring conversations with colleagues, friends, family, business leaders. At lunch, here's Shelley. Hello and welcome to Lunch with Shelley. I am so excited about today's guest. His name is Howard Mortman, and I practically begged him to be on the show today. He is easily one of the funniest people I have ever met in D.C. or elsewhere. He's also one of the nicest and kindest and smartest people I know. Howard is the esteemed author of When Rabbis Bless Congress, which I highly recommend. is a very informative and fun gift for any occasion, but especially for the upcoming high holidays and Hanukkah. He's a communications whiz, and he's yet another person that I'm proud to say I've been friends with for many, many years. As an added special bonus, today is the first day we're doing our podcast from the Lafayette restaurant at the Hay Adams Hotel. Eating at the Hay, as we call it, is pure joy. Sometimes I describe it as fancy Disney World, since for me, it's one of the friendliest and happiest places on earth. From start to finish, from a hug from the ballet to saying hello and getting big smiles from pretty much everyone I walk by on my way to the restaurant, it's just a very happy place to be. And the folks at the restaurant are just superb, wonderful, nice, and so fun. So I am so thrilled to be here and excited to have lunch. Howard, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the hay, and let's have lunch. This is huge. I, a couple things. I am so proud of you, uh, you. first of all, for doing this, uh, for having a dream and not just b- dreaming big, but implementing it and, and, and doing it. This is, I'm so proud of you. We've known each other for decades, um, and uh, it's all been wonderful, but this is like this is great. So I'll leave it there, but I'm so proud of you for doing this. It's great to be in this Thank room, you. by the yeah. way. It's what a beautiful room with, with Claude here. Um, I, this is, I'm just going to stay here for Thanksgiving. I, think, <laughs> exactly. I have to tell you. It, it looks like it's set up. Yeah. Well, the way it's, I, this is the best Seder ever. I, I don't think I've been to a Seder like, like this. And it's the emptiest Seder, too, which is perfect for me. So. I know, a small Seder, right? Yeah. Who'd have thunk? Yeah. By the way, you meant, hey, it's great to be here at the Hay. I've never played the Hay before. And, and just what a great name for a uh, for a, a hotel in Washington because you meet and greet and be hey Adams you know and then like we it wouldn't work for Jefferson hey Jefferson doesn't really it doesn't really fit Howard, Howard emailed that joke and I was like eh. yeah no. but, but thankfully they didn't call it the Estes Kefauver so you don't say hey Estes Kefauver who is that oh it's a guy who ran for vice president back in the 1950s oh uh, good lord Tennessee. yeah so. Hey Adams will Yeah, hey name. Estes. Hey Estes. Hey Estes, yes. <laughs> no, that's not good. Well, <laughs> hey Estes. It's not horrible. The whole rest of it is too the rest long. Is too long. Yeah. <laughs> the, the wonderful Lafayette room. I, the last person to play the Lafayette room, I think, was Bella Lugosi. Uh, so, uh, this is, uh, by the way, th- this is great. Play the room. <laughs> this is great because I, I, and I know you asked me about my comedy career, um, and I'll just want to go right into Please. that. Please. Because you mentioned that yes. many times already. Um, I, I used to, and Claude, Claude is wonderful. Claude is great, by the way. Round of applause Thank you. for Claude, uh, please. But uh, I used to know it. And said, his shirt. And his shirt. And a lot, a lot. Yeah. 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 I'll look to the uh, microphone so people can see the light uh, better. The, uh, I used to do a stand-up I, a long time ago at the Improv, at DC Improv. Mm-hmm. And um, I, the audience stopped laughing, uh, so I stopped doing it. <laughs> but the problem is, I, I remember one day, one day uh, vividly, I went up on stage at the Improv. You know the, the brick wall that they have there mm-hmm. at the Improv? I haven't been there in ages. I, I know, and, and the big sign behind it that says Improv. 
somebody came up behind me and put an E uh, at the end of the talking <laughs> box, so I, I knew that was the end of my comedy career. So it's great to be back here at the wonderful Lafayette, yeah, Club, right. the Lafayette Room. It's and there are no signs. There are no signs. There are no signs. But my uh, logo has lunch in neon. <laughs> Right. That was like originally the vision, mm-hmm. and yeah. and uh, Claude made the logo. By the way, Claude yes. and Shelley, if yeah. you want to, uh, you want to see your name. Here's a little show business tip. You want name to, and lights. You want to see your name and lights. Do what? Change it to exit. <laughs> so, yeah. You came prepared, Howard. So, I'm sorry. I've talked too much about myself now, yeah. Do you want to do like a true crime mystery cliffhanger sure. for yeah. this episode? Yeah. Um, I, I actually working at home today and I came in. Oh, that's so nice of you. I parked, I think, illegally on the street. And so the true crime mystery is when well, I go back to the car, well, yeah. I get a ticket. <laughs> Where are you? I am. I'm, I'm right in front of the White House Historical Association, two blocks oh. from here. And, and it, there was like there was like five spaces open, and I took the last one. But it said vividly, and I'll admit it. Do it, not park. Do not park here. <laughs> so at the end of this, the question is: Will I be ticketed, towed, or completely scot free? So that is yeah. your podcast, True Crime well, Cliffhanger. I yeah. have a mini crime too because yeah. I was I wasn't late, but I wasn't early. But I really wanted to get here. I was very excited. So I may or may not have run a red light. I mean, I did <laughs> run the red light, but it's one of those things where it was yellow and then it turned red, like right when I was moving, and the person in front of me went for it. So you, so you, you never gotta, know. Yeah, no, you've got to go for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In for a pound, in for a penny. Except it was point. such a drag yeah. because then 30 feet away, there was a second red light. So, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it wasn't worth it. <laughs> <laughs> you know how that Ford. happens? It's like, right, it's like you're really motoring and then like, what was that for, you know? Right, yeah. Huh? But we're clearly on the edge. <laughs> we're on the edge. When it comes to C-SPAN and, 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 and you know, the forward comedian life and stuff, oh, like wow. how often do you get a chance to like exercise your comedic gene? Uh, Claude, you asked That's a really a good, good question. question. It's a solid question. Never is the answer. Um, in fact, because, well, day to day, I would say. Well, uh, um, I, what I because comedy is a form of commentary, and at C-SPAN we don't do commentary. You know, we are just let people watch for themselves what's happening. The stuff I used to do, politically driven comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's I verboten I, now. Yeah, I can't, <laughs> I can't do that, which is fine. Um, I mean, I miss it, but I also like getting a salary. Like, yeah, I was right. like earning a living. So, right. you know, there's just so much I could do with impeach or Warren jokes before people started you know, hearing that before. So, <laughs> so the short answer is, I it's I've not done anything on stage. Um, oh. 15 years or really? so. Something like that, yeah. Wow. Um, I've been at C-SPAN for 13 years, uh, but it feels more like 13 and a half years. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, <laughs> Big difference. Um, it's great. Um, <laughs> That's funny. I'm telling you. The moments that you get a chance to do it, you've got to love those moments. Yeah. Like You realize, wait, this is a moment that I can actually... Jump in and, and and you know do some things. Do you ever find yourself telling yourself jokes, and you appreciate them more than other people? That's do a good question. Or do you like just write them down? So, Claude, first of all, I'm enjoying your podcast a lot, and you ask really, really good questions. No, I'm going to tell you guys something I've never shared with anybody, and uh-huh. I'll tell you this: I, even though I don't go on stage anymore and I stage anymore and I can't perform, I do keep a running. Um, tally, I, I do write down jokes as they come to me, <laughs> and I keep them as a tumbler. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so if any of the uh, listeners to Shelley's podcast can figure out where the Howard Mortman joke tumbler, uh, jokes tumbler lives, oh. you'll see I'm now at 377 jokes um, <laughs> that I've written. In what shape does the tumbler take? Like, Oh, no, no, it's not physical. It's online. It's, uh, oh. it's, 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 it's not like, like a square yeah. jar. Wouldn't that be jar. great? That's, right, yeah. That's actually yeah. not a bad idea. That people idea. would really yeah. come visit you. I still write jokes just for myself right, uh, for right, fun. Right. And yeah. um, one day... You know, I'm, uh, when I'm retired and I, I can have unlimited time, I would love to get back on stage and, and do some of these jokes that I've been writing for the last 20 or 30 years. So. I always say um, Howard is terrifically famous, as he has been famous for a long time, but there was Hotline. So Hotline dates us. But Howard started doing Extreme Mortman, which was Letterman-esque. It was the top ten of whatever. And, you know, we would get Hotline from the fax machine and then make copies. To give to everybody, but Howard's section was always terrifically popular in the old days. So the hotline still exists, and there's still it? yeah, it still exists. There are wonderful people who Sorry, run it. Hotline. It's, okay. it's fine, um, and I love it. So it is a um, it's a daily uh, publication that covers the coverage of politics. So there's no original reporting, but it says what other people are saying about politics mm-hmm. that day. In the old days, um, the most popular feature was the Letterman Top Ten list. It had nothing to do with politics. Whatever Letterman's Top Ten list was, they would rerun it in the, um, the hotline. What Shelley is kindly referring to is um, when Letterman went on, uh, took a break, and there was no original Top Ten list, they would solicit Top Ten lists from the readers and that's where uh, Extreme Wartman came from, because right. I was sending these top ten lists. And they were great. I appreciate that. You are listening to Lunch with Shelly. What do you get, Shelly? What do you get? I get the Cobb salad. Okay. Every day. <laughs> but wait, we're not... Why don't you guys take a minute? Oh, I don't know. Take your time. She's the reason why I love my job. Oh, 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 that's so sweet. Did you get oh, that on there? <laughs> <laughs> she's so she's she's amazing. Oh, I if adore you. The cops out, all the cops out. Just I don't feel. Like but there's bacon in it. Can you, uh, uh, get for my bacon. <laughs> <laughs> so capsala. Yeah, is that is that good? Is that a good order? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, I get the Cobb salad, no blue cheese, and you know today I want. Uh, I get. I'll take her blue cheese. You give me her. Perfect. Give her my bacon. Do you want my olives? I love olives. You can have my olives. Oh, no kidding. Okay. Can I have like and one extra olive too? Just like throw an additional olive on there. That's all I think. <laughs> Take care of this. <laughs> and um, but this time I want please dressing on the sides because okay. I'm going to mix my wasabi in wasabi. the dressing. I yeah. See. Thank right. you. What, actually, what soups do you have? What anything? This soup of the day is a corn soup. Oh, oh. corn bisque. Get it. Yeah, yeah, can I do that too, please? Thank you. I think I'm going to be All good, right. but I'm excited for the bread. Okay. I'll see you at the snack will be good. Yeah, thank you. And are we doing any soup or any salads for you? I know, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. I want to go ahead and get you your soup first. Perfect. Thank you. And then we get the rest. That's okay. Fantastic. Yes, of course. Just pour the soup in one of these glasses here, too. Exactly. To us. For you to have like a mix of both from the you know comedy, entertainment, politics, and the political stuff. Nowadays, it seems like people can't tell the difference between the two, like commentary, jokes. I think that's comedy, a huge problem. And actually, news reporting. Yeah. To where they get all their news from comedians, and they get their jokes from news reporters. <laughs> 
Like, how do you feel about that? Comedians now getting canceled just for doing what they've been doing forever. Oh, that's you a know, good you know, point. I, yeah. I wasn't know. exactly sure where you were going because I thought you were going also, which, Howard, have some bites and then you can comment okay, on both. Sure. Like, um, how skewed everything is. Mm-hmm. So it's also, you, you choose your news, mm-hmm. which, plugging C-SPAN, it's the only bastion where you really don't. You're what watching you it with no commentary. Like, right. you can it's literally just, just watch exactly. it and make a decision for yourself. No Understood. one wants to do that. Exactly. Rather, I mean, take whoever you want, whether it's Rachel Maddow, or Carlson, whoever. Right. They watch opinion shows as if it's news, and then, you know, right. you've got... Um, or news are opinion shows. Yeah, not exactly. Yeah. And who's the other guy, the uh, comedian of Comedy Central? Stephen Colbert? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, you've got him, and you've got oh, Trevor Noah. Noah. Yeah. yeah. And people are watching them like they're news reporters. Right. So, so I want to say something that's not novel that you've heard before, um, and it's almost cliche, but it's still important point, that you're, what you're saying about choosing your own news you really so let me back up this is not necessarily a bad thing there was a time when there was only three networks that gave you the news right. NBC, CBS, and NBC um, well and PBS and people right PBS right. and then like the New York Times editorial page right. like, everything was in a way dictated like this is the way you will think this is the news you will have so the multiple sources of news which is what you're, you're kind of talking about I, I personally think is wonderful. I love people having the chance to have more places to learn and more places and not being gated into like one area, one way of getting That's your news. That's a good word, gated. Yeah. Now, now you do get to the point, you kind of, as you're saying, Claude, that you, you do end up with your own kind. You, know, mm-hmm. you do end up with liberals and liberals and conservatives and Trumpies and Biden folks and so on. So you know, a, lot of, you know, a lot of this the news dissemination is, is tribal. Now, I'll leave it to others whether that's a bad thing for democracy. As a media guy, I love multiple sources. I love being able to, to self-publish. Um, I love being able to have your own voice if you want a voice and not having to you know, to prove yourself, or there's no in, there's no entry fee. You don't have to be really rich uh, to get involved in this. Shelly, your podcast these is an are, example. <laughs> no, and these are really good points. You, go ahead. What you're doing? Leave aside the technology of, of a podcast, but what you're doing, you, Shelly woke up and said, "I want to do a podcast," and you did it. You didn't go to CBS and knock on the door and say, hey, can I go right. work for you for 20 years and right. you know, cover crime in Joliet, Illinois? Right. You, know, you, just, you, you just did this. No, you're so. right. I mean, it's an exciting and free, freeing and relatively free aspect of the news today. You're, you're a thousand percent right. I mean, that's a very good way to think about it because you also use the term self-publish, which is also super true because anybody can write an editorial and I think, and I mean, how do you, I actually don't know this and everybody in the world knows it except for me, but let's say I have an op-ed, then what do I do? I mean, there are platforms I could publish it on for a fee or just platforms that take it. Like, how does that work? I mean, let's say you have an 800-word thought um, that would be, you know, traditional op-ed size. You can post it on Facebook. You can go to Medium. I mean, you can can put it, you could. LinkedIn. LinkedIn. You could definitely go on LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn. You could read it into a camera and put it on YouTube. Um, um, right. So, You're right. you know, if you if you have a profound thought and you want to get it out, I hate this. I love this. There, you can do that now, and um, you know, let it now. You know, I, nine times out of ten, nobody's going to care. 
You know, but it's like, what if there's an opinion you have that really strikes home with people? Right. Now, whether or not people care, that's up to the content you provide. But there's n- the, the, the barrier, the entry barrier is a lot less now uh, for people to express their own opinions. Now, this is a flip side. You, you and Claude both mentioned, I appreciate it. At C-SPAN, we let you think for yourself. We just show you what's happening in Congress, in a hearing, in a press conference. We don't shape it for you. We don't, we don't tell you here's the framing. that We don't contextualize it and all these fancy right. words. We don't give you a narrative. We trust you to make up your own opinion you of what you're saying. Schumer is talking to Mitch. And right. Right. right, exactly. You can <laughs> see that in the room. Um, and we just step, we, we get out of the way. Mm-hmm. You know, even though we at, on staff don't have our own opinions that we express, we are full of opinion. We are full of attitude, and that's of the people we're covering. That's of the callers who call in. That's the people who tweet right. uh, our video and share our video. So we're full of opinion, just not our own. But we want we want water. We want blooms of uh, of people giving profound thoughts about democracy. Sort of switching gears, Howard. But if you were going to put. One of the rabbis who addressed Congress. I love talking about Howard's book because I'm so proud of him that he did that because that was Howard's passion project. And what I love about it is I guess what you're saying that you love about this is that he was the first guy to do it, which is so interesting. And I think it's as a Jew and as someone who lives in D.C. and used to work on Capitol Hill, I just think it's so interesting and it was a worthwhile endeavor and a Herculean endeavor and you were the best perfect person to do it. So, so th- I, thank you. A couple things just to back up for the, for the listener. Um, so just a, a little context for the listener that every session of Congress begins with a prayer. Right. And as, most people don't know that. Like I, when I talk about this book, you have to back up and say in the big picture. Is that still the case today? Every every session today begins with a prayer, even before They're the... are probably going to take it out. Even before the Pledge of Allegiance, um, they do the prayer. So in a way... You know, like C-SPAN showing the House, we show the prayer. It's, still, it's a nationally broadcast prayer uh, every day from from the government. So that tradition just fascinated me intellectually. Like I'm so my job at C-SPAN is watching Congress, is to watch the House and the Senate. Part of my job, and every session begins with a prayer. So I just I was always intrigued by that by that tradition. Um, Every so often, and, and the prayer is delivered by an official chaplain. So there's an official chaplain in the House, official chaplain in the Senate, both government-paid positions. So the, the taxpayers are paying for the, and they have staff. Uh, on occasion, they have staff? Yeah, they're staff for the chaplain's office, yeah. Wow. So uh, on occasion, um, the chaplain isn't there to, to deliver for any number of reasons, and a guest chaplain fills in and gives the prayer, kind of like Joan Rivers filling in for Johnny Carson. You know, there's, you know, it's really great to be here. Uh, and then, you know, oh, Lord. <laughs> it's really great to be here. Uh, and on even rarer occasions, that guest chaplain is a rabbi. And so I had seen a couple of these rabbis giving prayers in, the, in Congress as, as through my, my work. Um, and I would just, the whole thing became very curious to me. Well, it's also prideful, I would imagine. Prideful, yes, definitely prideful. And beca- yeah, that's definitely, you know, absolutely pride was part of this. Fascination, the history. I was curious how many have prayed, who was the first, uh, how many total, you know, how often is this? And um, I just started doing research. Then the work began. Then, then right. the work, then the work began. Yeah, yeah. And it, it was about six and a half years of digging through old congressional records, of, of going through the C-SPAN video, of 
and I created, you may not, this may not shock you, but another I created the tumbler. first, the first, another tumbler, <laughs> a Google Excel sheet of um, every rabbi has ever prayed in Congress. Believe it or not, that I was the only one who had a fortune. <laughs> I know, exactly, exactly, worth a fortune. Um, and how do I get my hands on that? <laughs> so out of that, out of that story, uh, out of that spreadsheet, then I, I put it to paper. Um, Shelley talked earlier about a screenplay. I mean, in a way, this was a screenplay, um, a story of of rabbis who have prayed in Congress, two basic storylines, who they are and what they said. The, the biographical part of it and then what message they're getting across in their prayers. So um, I put together a book on it. Now, you would this would become as no shock to think hmm. to say that there is n- little to no market for a book about rabbis <laughs> who have prayed in Congress. I, I know that's, that's shocking. Not true. Right. I bought several. <laughs> he bought several. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so I, I started going after after I wrote it. I did it all wrong. I was told I told I was told never write it first. Always write a table of contents and a sample chapter. But I, I just realized. There's no way I could explain this story, what I'm trying to do th- through a sample chapter mm-hmm. at their table. I mean, I had to write it out. And so then I went after book agents. And in you know, 100 cold pitches to book agents, zero interest. And I just realized this is crazy because after I try to explain this to a book agent, then I have to explain it to a publisher. So then I just went right to the publishers, sent out 100 more cold letters. Um, and I finally came across a... Um, uh, a publisher that said, we get it, um, Academic Studies Press, based in Boston. Uh, they specialize in um, uh, Jewish history books and Slavic history books. And I'm, uh, I'm more of the, the Jewish category. I don't know anything about <laughs> Slavic history. You can be both. I could, you know what? If, if times get tough, I could, probably, I, could, I could make up that history. And so they published it, and, um, and that came out, uh, what, two years ago? Yeah, I guess October yeah. 2020 came out, and Shelley was very... It cool. was October of 2020? Yeah, I know. How I, lucky. I know. Because everyone well, had time to read it. Well, here's the deal. I, it's, I, that actually is not far from the reality, because my fear... So since the book came out, there have been more rabbis who have prayed in Congress. It's like there have been more prayers, which is great. It's a living history. My fear was that when I, after I finished writing it and before it got published, right. all, it would all change. All the numbers changed right. because of more. But because of COVID, there were no guest chaplains in Congress oh. anyways. Oh, okay. So, so that was sort of lucky. It was you know, kind of lucky um, uh, that the numbers, everything got frozen. So it gave me a couple months uh, leeway to be able to publish it. And that really affected the studies in there. And then you also started doing um, like a mini book tour at some point. Well, the three of us right now talking about the book is the book tour. <laughs> Let me just tell you that. That's, right. That's not true. I think he was at Politics and Prose. Right you see the Somewhere line of people? in West Virginia. Right? You see the line of people outside the Lafayette room right now? Lining up to get think the we book. have so many this chairs. Is, yeah, exactly. This is the second seating, in fact, of the book tour. Yeah. The first, I, I will tell you this. I did one trip. Like, I... All right, you want to, do we have time for a story? Yeah, sure. Right. Yeah. I've never told this story before. Um, really? Did you know an Andy Garlikov? Garlik, okay. Um, I like his last name. Yeah. He's Jewish it's guy. a guy, right? It's a guy. Garlikov. G-A-R-L-I-K-O-V. Okay. He's an old buddy from political days. Um, he lives in California. I'll get back to him and to Andy in a second. All right. So I've been <laughs> dying. He wanted to say his name. Exactly. plug. All right. So I sent out pitch letters after the, after the book came out. 
Now it's time to market it. I love writing it. I actually love marketing it too. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily to market my book, but to be able to tell the story. Uh, see, I want to tell the story in front of your synagogue or in front of the Capitol Historical Society. It's not just Jewish history. It's congressional history. It's American history. Um, I sent letters out to independent bookstores. I got one response saying, uh, come out um, and speak to our group uh, uh, from a uh, bookstore, independent bookstore in San Francisco. And I knew there would be no, there would be no sales involved in this, but I, my publisher gave me some money and I flew out to San Francisco. Manny's bookstore run by an Orthodox, uh, 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 born to an Orthodox rabbi and he's not practicing anymore. He runs a fabulous independent bookstore in like a rough neighborhood of San Francisco. So I go out there, fly out, uh, and, uh, um, there are two, like there's two people in the audience. And I knew this going in, there's no sales. My guy, Andy Garlikov, Showed up. Showed up, hosted me. He had hosted me a couple months ago for a synagogue in San Mateo. And, and so man, I get in there to set up, and Manny says, okay, who's going to interview you? And I had no prep for this, so I called up my friend Andy. I said, Andy, can you come into San Francisco mm-hmm. now? I'm doing it. He was there an hour later, thanks to Andy. Um, I do an hour discussion of the book. Now, um, that's why it's telling me what neighborhood this is in, because it's a very um, gay and lesbian area of San Francisco. And the bookstore, independent bookstore, has a lot of gays and lesbians uh, that they cater to in, in the book selection. So I come in talking about rabbis praying in Congress, <laughs> and they said, okay, you can talk, your, 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 your segment is from, your, your talk is from 6 to 7, mm-hmm. and then we have another, you have to be out at 7, because then we have another book discussion afterwards. Um, and it turned out the book discussion after me was a lesbians, uh, the history of lesbians uh, on this the neighborhood that I was speaking Oh, so there's another chronology. So, so the lesbians uh, so, are next. So the lesbians are next. So, so literally. That could be the title of the show. So I think mean, something so, else that he said yeah, was so yeah, funny. Something early on. Yeah. So literally, at 7 o'clock, Manny comes up and says, thank you very much to Howard Morton for coming in from Washington, D.C. Now, enough about the rabbis bringing the lesbians. And, um, and that's a good title. <laughs> and, and, and so uh, my two people that showed up for me left <laughs> and 40 and 50, you know, more, uh, the, the next uh, right. guests come in and like tackle us, get into their seats and all that. Right. So that's that's my one book tour story that I have. One thing I did learn from doing this, um, it is really tough. I have to say this carefully because nobody wants a book about rabbis in Congress, but it's tough to come. It is tough. The entry level to get into the book publishing world. Yeah. But you have to be a big name mm-hmm. to get new. Anybody can write a book. It's getting published and getting publicity for it. Right. Um, that's where the real sale is going on. And um, I love doing the project. I, my publisher is great, an independent publisher. Independent bookstores carry the book. And I love that you know that community of the independent of the self-publishing slash independent bookstore world. I think it's great, um, but it is a um, it, it's a closed club, even in the Jewish book circuit, because you have to be of a certain famous name really? to be able to get in front of synagogues and talk. And all well, that. I'm just trying to think. I can't remember. I feel like I bought your book on Amazon, though, didn't I? Or did I buy it through the link that you sent? No, you could buy it. So, because everybody wants me and. Howard and I both have, and you too, Claude. I mean, we all live here. We have several friends that have written books. Mm-hmm. So everyone's like, get it through Amazon, get it through Amazon. Just like you and I, you know, I keep saying download it, download it. Right. Because um, it's the numbers. Shelly, you're totally right. Here's the deal. We love independent bookstores. I want I want to support them. So there's that dynamic of 
saying buy it through an independent publisher. Then there's the bigger, the other dynamic of I need the numbers. It's not I, know, I, mean, I don't need the sales. I need the numbers. Right. You're listening to Lunch with Shelley. The neat thing about this project um, was... We've said this before, and I will say it again. Creating your own alley of history, of creating an alley of history nobody knew existed. Now, to do this for the first time was both exhilarating. I'll throw in the word ego. They all accept that. But also daunting and terrifying yeah. because I have to get it right. right. You know, if nobody's written this before, right. there's no fact-checking I on it. I didn't even think about that. So I, I really triple-checked everything. And I'm lucky in the two years it's been out. No one's challenged me on, I've made some, maybe some grammar errors, but no one's challenged me in any of the facts I have in there or the history. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm very happy about that part of it. Well, I mean, I, I said it among many things, Howard's very smart. But I keep asking you this question, you're not answering. What is the best prayer? Was there a funny one? Did anybody like it? <laughs> Here's my favorite story um, okay. um, from it. And it's not necessarily funny, but um, as part of this... Okay, you mentioned YouTube before. Um, as part of my process of researching it, I dug up all the video of rabbis who prayed in Congress who appeared on C-SPAN, meaning rabbis who prayed after 79 in the House when C-SPAN began and rabbis who prayed in the Senate after 1986 when C-SPAN 2 oh, began. Oh, and I apologize because, Claude, his... Uh, book starts, what's the first year? Uh, 1860 is the first rabbi. Okay. So, so that's how far back he mm-hmm. went. Yeah, I mean, well, back. from the beginning. So, so, here, so I, I put on, I got the video for all these rabbis who have appeared on TV, and I put them on YouTube. So I have a whole YouTube channel playlist of rabbis, of rabbis who, this is the, the YouTube mention, of rabbis who pray, played, prayed in Congress. Oh, my God. And a second YouTube channel of members of Congress in their sponsoring remarks of the rabbis oh, who have prayed in why Congress. Why would you have separated them? Uh, because I was able to market it better, just okay. like here's Ileana Rose Layton and sponsoring Rabbi Klein of Miami. So I have Rabbi Klein's video and I have Ileana Rose Layton's video. So I have two playlists going of all these rabbis. That's, that's what you were talking about, YouTube. That's why I'm on YouTube. In 1994, a rabbi, Fox, Rabbi Samuel Fox, prayed in the Senate. And he has since died, but he prayed in the Senate, beautiful uh, prayer, about three minutes. And at the end, and this is on the video, he puts his hands up and he does the priestly bl- blessing, uh, shine countenance upon you and uh, give you peace, uh, which is the oldest uh, prayer, the Jewish, oldest Jewish prayer. It's in the book of Numbers. Uh, it's kind of a traditional prayer. And he says it. And I always thought it was neat because he's an old guy and he's you know, blessing Congress and the Senate, almost like a congregation. Uh, but I put it on video just as a matter of mechanically because I put all the rabbis on video. I got a note out of the blue a couple of months later. From his kid. From his kid, from his I family. Yeah. And, um, and they said, the, 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 the family told me they didn't know he had prayed in Congress. Uh, they had never seen the video. And a lot of and the grandkids never even heard the grandfather's voice. Oh my goodness! Because they were searching him. It was the it was a yard site, the anniversary of his, of his death. So they were just googling him, and they found it. And it was for Thank them, you. it was just a huge um, moment to be able to make this connection. For me, it was huge because I never thought I'd make a personal connection through yeah. this mechanical person. So that's like. So you're doing like a mitzvah. Well, that was really neat. Yeah, I mean, it was a really neat moment. Thanks for listening to Lunch with Shelley. Share the podcast, rate, and review. 